0: Today's scripture reading is from various passages across Psalm 119. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees, do not utterly forsake me. Oh, how I love your law, I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. I call with all my heart, answer me Lord and I will obey your decrees. I call out to you, save me and I will keep your statutes. I rise before dawn and cry before help, cry for help. I've put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your laws. Those who devise wicked schemes are near, but they are far from your law. Yet you are near, Lord, and all your commands are true. Long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever. May my cry come before you, Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you, deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongues tongues sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your laws sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Buenos días. El, la lectura de hoy es del libro de los Salmos, capítulo 119. Dichosos los que van por caminos perfectos, los que andan conforme a la ley del Señor. Dichosos los que guardan a sus estatuas y de todo corazón lo buscan. Jamás hacen nada malo, sino que siguen los caminos de Dios. Tú has establecido tus preceptos para que se cumplan fielmente. Cuánto deseo afirmar mis caminos para cumplir tus decretos. No tendré que pasar vergüenzas cuando considere todos tus mandamientos. Te alabaré con integridad de corazón, cuando aprenda tus justos juicios. Tus decretos cumpliré, no me abandones del todo. ¿Cuándo amo yo tu ley? Todo el día medito en ella. «Tus mandamientos me hacen más sabio que mis enemigos, porque me pertenecen para siempre. Tengo más discernimiento que todos mis maestros, porque medito en tus estatus. Tengo más entendimiento que los ancianos, porque obedezco tus preceptos. Aparto mis pies de toda mala senda para cumplir con tu palabra». No me desvío de tus juicios, porque tú mismo me instruyes. Cuán dulces son a mí tu pala- el, tu, el palabra de tus palabras. Son más dulces que la miel a mi boca. De tus preceptos adquiero entendimiento. Por eso aborrezco toda senda de mentira. Con todo el corazón clamo a ti, Señor. Respóndeme y obedeceré tus decretos. A ti clamo, sálvame. Quiero cumplir tus estatuas. Muy de mañana me levanto a pedir ayuda. En tus palabras he puesto mi esperanza. En toda la noche no pego los ojos para meditar en tu promesa. Conforme a tu gran amor, escucha mi voz conforme a tus juicios. Señor, dame vida. Ya se acercan mis crueles perseguidores, pero andan muy lejos de tu ley. Tú, Señor, también estás cerca y todos tus mandamientos son la verdad. Desde hace mucho conozco tus estatus, los cuales estableciste para siempre. Que llegue mi clamor a tu presencia. Dame entendimiento. Señor, conforme a tu palabra. Que llegue a tu presencia mi súplica, líbrame conforme, conforme a tu promesa. Que rebosen mis labios de alabanza, porque tú me enseñas tus decretos. Que entone mi lengua un cántico a tu palabra, pues todos tus mandamientos son justos. Que acuda tu mano en mi ayuda, porque he escogido tus preceptos. Yo, Señor, ansio tu salvación, tu ley es mi regocijo. Déjame vivir para alabarte. Que vengan tus juicios a ayudarme, cual oveja perdida me extraviado, ven en busca de tu siervo, porque no he olvidado tus mandamientos. Palabra del Señor.
2: Thank you Jen and Joanna for reading God's word. And we're going through our sermon series abiding in God's word and and in prayer. Uh, And today we want to look at uh, abiding, uh, meditating on God's word. Uh, Before we dive into the scripture here, uh, let's say a word of prayer together. Jesus, we thank you for being present with us at all times. Lord, you have given us uh, such a great gift in yourself and your revealed word. We thank you, Lord. We ask that you will lead us in this time as we open up the scriptures uh, together, that you will come and speak to our hearts in ways that we are desperately needed. So we thank you, Lord, for being faithful, committed to us uh, today through this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So yes, we'll be looking at meditating on God's word today. It reminds me of a story of a friend I grew up with named Keisha. When I turned 14, I remember Keisha uh, staying in my hometown for a summer. She stayed in a nearby town, which was far away, but staying in my hometown for the the summer, I think I was 14 years old at the time. I remember that summer like it was one day. That's how much I delighted in her, in our friendship. I wanted to see her at all times. I I probably spent just the sleeping hours at home so I can get rushed back out to the streets and spend time playing and running around and spending more time with friends. Uh, She was a delight. I thoroughly enjoyed being with her. I was fixated upon her and all her ways and thinking about... Who she is, and how can I get to know her, and, and uh, what is she like, what is her family like? I spent the entire summer just fascinated with her and with our friendship. You know, sometimes in our lives, it's been like that with God we're fixated upon him, we're fascinated by him, we are in the word, we are on fire for God, and then there are other times when we are quite distracted. Maybe it's through relationships that has distracted us, maybe it's through kids that has distracted us, Uh, maybe it's through uh, a job deadline or work, something takes our attention from meditating upon the word of God. And it can be out of the blue. It could be something that we feel like, well, it feels like more of a duty now. So let me take a step back until I can figure this thing out. But as we see here through our scripture today, that we're called to celebrate, to commemorate to enjoy, to delight in God's holy word, to be reminded of it over and over and over again, to let it run through our minds, to ponder it. That's what the psalmist is doing through through this longest book of the Bible and longest psalm of the Bible. We only took portions of it that were read today, but 176 verses. And it's based off of an acrostic of the Hebrew language. And each Each stanza has eight verses declaring the word of God, the truth of God, the promises, his statutes, his testimonies, all these revelatory words to describe God's spoken word to us, his inspired word to us through this psalmist. And so it's this vast celebration. I wish we could just sit here and just read it together and let it just wash over us because it's that good. It's meant to be read in a meditative way. You know, it's like singing a song that has a hook that you continue to sing it. Some people get annoyed by that, you know, but something is happening, you know. There's a deepening of the soul, a widening of the soul when the word begins to come over and over again, a different way of contemplating it, observing it, thinking upon it. But see, this word does not return to God void. It goes and does the very purposes of God. It returns to him and gives glory to his name. But it's a celebration, it's a declaration, commemoration, and we ought to meditate on it because this very word here, Psalm 119, is all about God's steadfast love for his people. We see it throughout this psalm. Verse 41, let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise, the psalmist say, then I then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Verse 64, the earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. Verse 76, let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. In your steadfast love give me life and I may keep your the testimonies of my mouth. And it goes on and on and on declaring God's steadfast love. Because this is the, the Lord God, who's the covenant-keeping God. He's committed to his people. He makes a promise to a people that were not a people, making them to be a people so that he can show himself to them so that they may be alive in him and really alive to live in relationship with him, both now and forevermore throughout eternity. This is the God that is being declared here. And written about, sang about, prayed, praying to. He is the God who is merciful that we read in Exodus 34. He declared himself to his servant Moses as a gracious and merciful, compassionate God. The one who is not like us, right? He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And God keeps his steadfast love and faithfulness for thousands and thousands and thousands of generations. He is telling us as his people, this is who he is and he will not change. And so as we are holding on to his word, we have to know that his word is not gonna change towards us. That's why we must meditate on it. That's why we must turn it over in our heads over and over and over again. It's the Lord's heart to be steadfast, firmly fixed on his word to fulfill his promises to us. He is faithful, his steadfast love endures forever. So these eight predominant words are the revelation of God said in, in sort of multi-layered, multifaceted ways, but still the word of God. We think about the law of God and the law of God is for instruction, right? To teach, it means through the, the revelation, but as well as a revelation to be obeyed. We see this in verse one, blessed are those whose way is blameless, blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. And then we see here the word of God is his testimonies. These are what God testifies to by his will. He is a witness to himself. Even Jesus spoke about this that he has one witness that the people didn't know about, his Father in heaven. It's depend, it's it's dependable. It's a faithful word of one who is a true witness. We see this in verses two and three. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole hearts, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. We see that his words are his precepts, what God has appointed to be done. You have commanded your precepts, verse four, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently, without question, at all times, these are his words, are his statutes. These speak of the bonding force and the permanence of scripture, what the divine lawgiver has laid down, what he has laid down for us. Verse 5: five, oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. And these words are his commandments. This, this says the God is the authority and he must be obeyed, his commandments. He has the right to give orders to us and sometimes we don't like it. I'm dealing with that right now in my house with one of my kids, oh man. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, Lord, this is beyond me. I don't know what to do. You, I, I need help, I need prayer. But the commandments are not seeking in to this little one. And so it's the same for us, right? As God's children, sometimes his commandments are not obeyed by us, but God has a right to give them because he is God and we must obey them because it's not just, just because it's duty, but God is saying, hey, I want this to be your delight to know my love for you, that I care for you. God's word are His ordinances, are His rules. These are His judgments, decisions of the all wise Judge about common human situations. These will be to be helpful, protective. So what the divine Judge has ruled to is to be right. Verse seven: I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. And then the word means that indeed the general word of God what God has spoken what he has stated what he has promised what he has commanded and that his word can be a promise indeed a promise that he keeps it says in verse 38 confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared that God may receive the reverence and so this God that we have the words from is a relational God we must not forget that because when we come and we read scripture and we take in the word and god says do this but it's backed by a promise it's backed by his grace it is grounded in a relationship with god the bible is clear and tells us that we wouldn't understand the word of god unless it was the spirit of god working in our hearts and minds to illuminate what god has said to lead us into his truth we wouldn't know it unless we have the spirit and see this is a good market for those who belong to God in relation with relationship with God and those who are not And see, this is a distinguishing quality right here. It's like you cannot see God's truth and understand it and want to obey it, be compelled by it. It's on your heart and mind day in and day out. You want to meditate on it. That does not happen without the power of the Holy Spirit leading us into it, opening our eyes to it. And this should give us great assurance and hope as God has put us on mission to go and tell somebody about his word, to tell someone about what he's done in our lives. We know where people stand at times when they haven't embraced Jesus. We want them to, God is working, they're in the world. So we're praying that the spirit will open the eyes of the blind. And this is not meant to be offensive at all. This is meant to be an invitation to taste and see that the Lord is good, an invitation to us to indeed meditate upon the word of God, as scripture says, day and night, that God's word would be our delight, that we would want to hear from our Father in heaven. That we would be like the little children that run fast to look for mommy and daddy in the house or when mommy and daddy have returned, run fast to see them. You know, just just looking forward to spending time with him in the morning, whether it's at noon or whether it's at night, looking forward to sitting down and settling down to meditate. And as we see, as we look throughout this, this long passage here, we see that, number one, there is an, an abiding meditation of the soul that we're invited into, right? It, it, there, th- this is a word for delighting. We see this in verse 14. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I mean, we like our things, Right? We like having nice things and things that bring us comfort and, you know, it, it's like you get down this road to, to make an earning for yourself and you want to make sure everybody's around you taking care of. It's like, yeah, we riches are something that we enjoy. But here this, the psalmist is encouraging us that there's a greater delight than all the riches combined in the world. He says, verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Looking at the ways of God through his word. I will delight in your statutes and I will not forget your word. There's an earnestness here. I will not forget. I will make it a point to remember. I will not forget. A friend may ask you, hey, help me to remember. Don't forget to get this at the store. Or maybe a spouse would put that on the list for another spouse. Don't forget this. And you make it a point to remember. This is what he's talking about. Abiding meditation of the soul. And it's also a word of knowledge. Verse 18, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longings for your rules at all times. It's, it's, It's meant to renew our minds. This is how we achieve that. And it's a little bit over time as we come to the word and sit with God week in and week out, day in and day out to renew our minds to live in a broken world, to renew our minds to deal with a broken person, to renew our minds to have god's voice there instead of the voice of someone else maybe it's my own voice maybe it's some voice from the distant past but it's a word for knowledge it's a word for reviving as well verse 25 my soul cleans to dust give me life according to your word when i told of my ways you answered me Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts and I will meditate on your wondrous works. I will sit down and think and ponder. And this is sort of, we've been, you know, we were going through the sermons on the Sabbath, meditating on his wondrous works. You know, observing the work that God has done in our lives or in nature, you know, taking a rest from me doing the work, but really pondering who this God is and who I am in relationship with him. In abiding meditation of the soul, also in abiding meditation for strength. We need strength because there are outside forces that are at bay. And this is not for us to live in fear, but it's to recognize that we have true enemies. If you read throughout the Psalter, you know, we began to read throughout the Psalter in our family, you know, on the mornings. and Read through the Psalms. It's going to be great. And as I began to read through the Psalms morning by morning, I recognized that David... It's like, he's praying that God would do something with his enemies. I was like, (laughs) I don't know how to handle this. Uh, Okay, kids, I don't know what to do here. But uh, he's praying again that God would, would, you know, take care of his enemies. But there are outside forces, right? We need to be strengthened in order to face those. And so we see in verse 61, the psalmist says, though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. Verse 69, the insolent, those insulting him, smear me with lies, but with my whole heart, I keep your precepts. Verse 78, let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. And he asked the question in verse 84, how long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? And You see, this is, this is someone who has come and recognized that they can't do some, anything about their situation. They need to appeal to God. They need to be reminded of the one who has true strength, strength to handle a situation against his enemies, those who persecute him, those who come up against him, those who lie on him. Maybe you have felt that way, that your enemy has come up against you, that they have lied to you, that people have come up against you to try to take your position, to try to uh, set up traps for you. It may have felt that way in our relationships. So we need strength. We need to meditate on the one who's able to answer the question, how long will we endure? Will he come and alleviate the persecution we get strength through his word because in his word we have the promise that he is with us every step of the way there's an abiding meditation of the soul an abiding meditation for strength and there needs to be an abiding meditation for sanctification for our holiness striving in holiness Is something that we are called to do. We see this in verse 113 and following. I hate the double-minded, the psalmist say, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. He wants to be set apart in these commandments, holy unto God no hindrances in his way but being the one that sanctified unto the God of his salvation this is the disposition of Jesus in the high priestly prayer Jesus says I sanctify myself with the word of truth so that we may be sanctified so that we may be set apart from for from God he is our model of holiness also, we need to strive for wisdom through clinging to God's words. Verses 129, your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It impart understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Striving for wisdom. One scholar stated, the testimonies of the Lord are wonderful. They're like supernatural in their excellence. Their sublimity and mystery of what attracts the psalmist to them. The unfolding of the word equips the simple who need instruction to discern between right and wrong. He craved this wisdom food and opened his mouth to receive it. At the end of the day, that's what we are, right? We are the little birds chirping, waiting for food, waiting for sustenance. We need it. But also often, whoa, if you're like me, I fill my mouth with not the word of God, but with the word of my circumstances, with the word of my fellow man to please them, or or, or with the word of my worrying hearts trying to find an answer for my anxiety. Is you like me? I'm addicted to anxiety. When there's nothing to do, I find something to be worried about. Can I get a witness in here? I find something to worry about. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? I tell my poor wife, I was like, I am anxious. It's like I need to check my phone or do something. that's like trigger happy. but God knows how to settle our hearts, does he not? And he does that by his word to give us the assurance that everything's all right. No, 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 everything's not, all, everything is all right. You know why? Because he has us in the clutches of his hand to give us the assurance of his abiding love that he is going to uh, widen our soul through his word that he is going to strengthen us through his word that he is going to continue to set us apart put his word in our hearts and our minds that we may walk after his ways and also there's an abiding meditation of the sheep with their shepherd we see this in the last stanza they're the petitions that ring out from the psalmist Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. This needs to be somebody's prayer today, right? This needs to be all of our prayer, crying before the Lord, pleading before him, praising him, singing out to him, sheep running after the shepherd, making our petitions known to him because he is the one who can give us the provision that we need in all circumstances. Verse 173, let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. There it is again. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. We need protection as well. The last verse, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. We need to run after this type of shepherd, this one who is strong enough to provide, this one who speaks to us a better word than we've heard in our culture, than we've heard on the news, a better word even that we have heard at times from those out to get us, from our neighbors out to get us. We need this type of petition in our hearts, crying out to God, knowing that he will provide and protect us when we are in greatest need, being like sheep that need a shepherd. We need to meditate upon the word of God, sitting with him day and night. This is grace, and sometimes we do get caught in between that, that situation of, I need to do my duty to God. But sometimes that traps us up and we think that we are doing the duty so that we can please them in the relationship. When God is already pleased and delighted in you, so he wants these commandments to be a delight for you. To know this is food for your hearts, this is sustenance for your weary days, this is the truth of God. And so as we contemplate meditating upon the word, you know, meditation has taken off in our world, which is great. We need to sit still at times. Even some scholars give reasons uh, that we should meditate, right? We need to, they say we need to understand our pain. So meditation is good to, to take an introspection of what's going on inside, and that's great. We need to lower our stress. Not to be, be too busy and, and anxious in our minds. We need to connect better. You know, meditation helps with that. Improve our focus, reduce the brain chatter. Meditation helps with that. But how do you do it? How do you meditate? It's a simple process really. The first thing you have to do is just sit down. The second thing you have to do is Set a time limit, you know, carve out some time for it. Pastor Duke mentioned this last week in terms of when we do sit down before the word. And then meditation, you you begin to take observation of your body, feel your breath. Then as you notice your mind wandering, you try to bring it back. Uh, Be kind to your wandering mind, the scholars say. And then close with the word of kindness to yourself. You see what's happening in our world today it's like through God's common grace his common goodness he's teaching all people how to slow down and consider and think and be less anxious how much more so his children that he loves that he tells to do just that meditate but not meditating upon some blanket phrase or whatever it is but to meditate upon him, to be changed by him. Yes, sit down, get a space to bring in that word of truth. Let it wash over you. Commit to it, be diligent in it. Don't be afraid. The things that need to get done, they'll get done. They always do. But you know what? We try to control those things with our anxiety. We try to latch on to it. But God is saying what is needed is for you to be at my feet. To gaze upon the beauty of who I am and you can do that because as Jesus said this is the word that testifies about me yet some of you refuse to come to me to have life but the Lord has come to us to give us life and since we have that life we can receive it even more so allowing his word to continue to point to him that we may be changed by it. That we may know the devotion of the Lord, that we set our hearts to Him, that we would be disciples, learning from Him in His Word, studying it, that we indeed would do it, delight in doing it, allowing ourselves to bend towards God's will, and that we would know the redemption that comes through it, through the death on the cross. That we would know that this is something that we can share with others share with our own hearts share with our family share with our friends these are some things that the lord has called us to do and if you don't have a way of doing that in this upcoming advent season we have the daily prayer project for the advent season out there in the foyer pick up one and let's get started together sitting at the feet of Jesus, meditating through this structure that's printed here. This is a great resource to getting started. You may have some other things that you like to do through the Advent season, but let it be something that, that you can sit down and carve out the time and meditate upon the word of God. And this is just a simple obedience unto the Lord that we can be blessed by. Hear this last thing from this pastor Uh, Jeffrey Thomas. This is what he says about coming and meditating and reading and pondering God's word. He said, do not expect to master the Bible in a day or in a month or in a year. Rather expect often to be puzzled by its contents. It is not all equally clear. Great men of God often feel like absolute novices when they read the word scholars feel like novices the apostle Peter said that there were some things hard to understand in the epistles of Paul I'm glad he wrote those words because I have felt that often so do not expect always to get an emotional charge or a feeling of quiet peace when you read the Bible by the grace of God, you may expect this—that to be a frequent experience. But often you will get no emotional response at all. Let the word break over your, your head and mind again and again as the years go by, and the imperceptibility there will become there will come great changes in your attitude and outlook and conduct. God will bring the change over time. You will probably be the last to recognize these. Often you will feel very, very small because increasingly the God of the Bible will become to you wonderfully great. So go on reading it until you can read it no longer. And then you will not need the Bible anymore because when you close your eyes, saints, for the last time in death and never again read the word in scripture, you will open them to the word of God in the flesh. That same Jesus of the Bible whom you have known for so long standing before you to take you forever to his eternal home. This is what we want. We want to know our savior. And one way to do that is through his word as the spirit leads us to sit down with him to fellowship with Him, to be changed by Him, and this is our privilege as sons and daughters of God. And we want you to know this privilege and live into it, and know that the surprising joy of God, the delight of your heavenly Father. We want you to know this. And just like I just got through reading there, it may not be what you're thinking. It may not be you know all like you know, uh, glamorous or just emotionally charged. It may not be that. Quiet, simple, faithful obedience unto the Lord, knowing faithfully that you're spending time with Him and that He is the one who's been faithful to us to fulfill His great and lasting promises. This is the hope, friends, This is the hope of God for us through his word, as we meditate on it day and night. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much, God, for giving us a word as a gentle and loving father who does not forget, who remembers. Thank you for leading us into that remembrance. So bind our hearts today that we may follow to the tune of your beat that we may come before you and know your ways as we meditate upon your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.